Welcome to Until Saturday's Live Reaction Edition, College Football Playoff Edition, I'm Losing My Mind Edition. I'm Ari Wasserman, joined by Dave Ubbin and Chris Vanini. And uh, let's just put it out there. Michigan, number one. Washington, number two. Texas, number three. Alabama, number four. A undefeated Power Five champion has been left out of the final field for the first time in the 10-year history of the college football playoffs four-team field. Uh, I flew home from Vegas this morning, wrote a column, and I am here live, timed it perfectly to share my outrage um, with everybody. Uh, I know that as we've done this podcast over the years that I have definitely favored teams like Alabama and Texas and Georgia and Ohio State because we know in our hearts that those teams are probably the best, but that's not what sports are about. Results have to matter, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty bummed, to be honest, guys. I, I, I don't think that this was the right thing to do, and we have a lot to unpack here. So uh, why don't we start with our guest here, Chris? Um, what is your take on Florida State being left out, and, and what do you think is the prevailing thing that people should um, garner from this decision? Uh, sadness? I, I think when I saw Jordan Travis's tweet – saying he he apologizes for breaking his leg not not breaking his leg earlier in the season that's just devastating man like the 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 image that uh, ESPN had the shot of Florida State learning that they weren't getting in Jordan Travis is sitting right there leg is up towel in over his face just in a wheelchair just brutal like i i i I don't I don't think you can say the committee got it right or wrong because I don't think there was going there was never an easy answer for this. I think this Alabama team is better than Florida State, but I don't think you can leave out an undefeated power five team that went through everything that played LSU in the non-conference and played Florida in the non-conference. They did everything they're supposed to do and they got left out. Mm -hmm. And I just feel really bad for them. And you go. You're number four in the rankings last week. You play in your conference championship on a neutral field. You play a top 15 team. You can say what you want about Louisville, but the committee are the only people whose opinions matter, and they said that Louisville is the 14th best team in the country. You beat them by double digits with your third-string quarterback, and you are penalized for that. Yeah, that the games matter. The, the games mattered. The results didn't. And, you know, I am always been the one pounding the table the loudest saying, I, I know who would win this game and, um, you know, we have to put in the better teams and all that stuff, but it's never gotten to the point where we actually had to leave out a team that did everything that they could. And, you know, I, I think that the easy thing would have been to leave Alabama out or the just thing would have been. Um, I just don't know if the college football universe or the committee could live with the notion that the team that beat Georgia and won the SEC isn't worthy. But, you know, to me, you look at, Texas beating Alabama on the road and Florida state being undefeated. There was only one of those three teams that didn't do everything in their power um, to be put in this position. And sometimes you just lose the game. You can't lose. That's the luck of the draw. It happened to Georgia. It happened to better teams in the past that have been left out that were probably better than this Alabama team. So, you know, as we put uh, the final chapter into the four team field, I think I could honestly say with a straight face right now that I am done with the four team. It was flawed. It was broken. I was wrong. And the reason why I say that is because my number one stance with the 14 field has always been about the sanctity of the regular season and the playoff games that we get um, during that regular season that, you know, lead to a just finish. And what we got here is a season that didn't matter. And that to me is, is heartbreaking for fans who hang on the edge of their seat every single day 
watching these games and you know feeling that they do matter. And I think too, it's, it's worth noting. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Chris. Does any team hate the college football playoff more than Florida State? Because we go back to 2014, the first year, Florida State is undefeated, the only undefeated team uh, in the top four. They're the, they're put at number three behind two one-loss teams. Then the last four-team playoff, they're undefeated and they're left out again. Uh, the, the, the AD Michael Al- Alford released a scathing, absolutely scathing statement. Uh, about this saying this was unforgivable Mm -hmm. it shows complete disregard and disrespect for their performance and accomplishments uh just it's it's a long statement worth finding online um but he says they have abandoned their responsibility by discarding their purpose to evaluate performance on the field uh tough for florida state and and this is what you've done and and I agree with you I don't think you can say it's right or wrong necessarily but you have to make a choice of what you're going to give up and I really do think that what the playoff has given up here is having an undisputed national champion. I don't think that the voters are going to actually have a split national champion, but you're probably going to get an Orange Bowl where Florida State plays Georgia. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that's probably going to happen. And you can say, oh, they can't do it. They can't do it. They can't do it. Well, the committee wants to entertain hypotheticals. Let's entertain a hypothetical. Let's say Florida State beats Georgia. Maybe an unmotivated Georgia. Maybe a Georgia that has some opt-outs because they are a two-time national champion that's not going to be in the playoff. They win that game. They're undefeated. They beat the team that pretty much everybody probably agreed was the best team in the country for most of this season. You know, we can call them with that, but whatever. They had a case for it, right? And they didn't get to compete for the championship. And the 14 playoff was supposed to fix that. The 14 playoff was supposed to make this impossible. You were always going to have G5s that got locked out for one reason or another. But a P5 was supposed to be impossible. This has not happened since 2004. Auburn went 13-0 and and got locked out in favor of an undefeated USC team that was in the middle of a dynasty and an undefeated Oklahoma team um, that obviously had, had won a ton of games as well. And so in the BCS era, it was always going to be possible. It was supposed to be impossible here. And the committee, by making this choice, has brought back into play the possibility of undermining its own champion in a scenario that it shouldn't be possible. And now it is. Well, the reason why that's so interesting is because in the past, there have been teams that have been left out in favor of other unbeaten teams. We're in a scenario right now where there are teams that have lost or didn't do their entire part in a subjective yes. opinion trumped the results. And that, yes. to me, is the most unfortunate thing because, listen, guys, hand hand to God here, I think Texas and Alabama would both both beat the crap out of Florida State. I like, do too. I, I think I, I think too. that I'm with you. I think the entire country thinks that. But I also thought Oregon was going to beat the crap out of Washington on Friday. I did too. I thought <laughs> Ohio State was going to beat Michigan a few times in the last few years. It doesn't matter what we think. What matters is you earn it on the field. The regular season is important, and what happens in that regular season gives the teams that earned it a chance to be crowned the national champion. And I I think that. You know, without diminishing winning the SEC and beating Georgia and what kind of accomplish that was for accomplishment that was for Nick Saban and the Alabama program, I don't think you can say with a straight face that Alabama earned it this year more than Florida State did, and mm-hmm. that's that. So you know that, it, it, and it's funny because you know I think one of those two teams will probably end up winning the national championship now, um, and really, I'm not sure that Alabama should be the team in here. I, my perfect playoff would have been. Michigan one, Washington two, um, Texas three or four, and Florida State three or four. And that's not what we got. 
Yeah, and I think, too, it's worth noting that, you know, like I said, I don't care what Alabama would have done in their bowl game. Nobody would... You don't... I think the committee bought into the idea that you delegitimize the playoff by not having the SEC in there. And I think it's much more delegitimized by not having an undefeated Power 5 champion in there. Because it doesn't matter what Georgia or what Alabama do in in uh, in their bowl games. They could beat, you know, the Bears by 100. Nobody's going to be making a claim for them for a national title. Nobody's going to be making that case. They lost. Georgia lost with the stakes the highest. Alabama lost. And Alabama, it's also worth noting, has not just been dominant all season long. No. I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys remember uh it was mm-hmm. like 8 days ago, they needed a 4th and 31 miracle to beat a very average Auburn team that lost yeah, to Mexico it, State it, by it, 3 it, touchdowns a week earlier. So they like, beat, you know, it yeah. is what it is. They, they did that. They they beat Texas A&M by 6. They bar- they barely beat USF. That was a game into the fourth quarter. They lost to Texas by 10 at home. Like there are not a slew this was not a dominant Alabama team where it's like, man, I, how do you leave that Alabama team yeah. out? We we weren't saying that. We were saying how do you leave the SEC champion out? And that is a flaw in the thought process because that's not and how you do you're it because they be lost by that. double digits to a team that was also going to get in the playoff. And there's a three undefeated power fives. I, I, I think they overthought it a little bit, honestly. You have three undefeated power five champions, and you have a team that has a head-to-head win on the SEC champions home field by double digits. It seemed pretty clean, relatively. There's going to be some hand-wringing and some complaining about the SEC being left out. But again, that's based on hypotheticals, which the committee has never used before, and now they have. Never, yeah. Thank you all uh, for being here uh, on the live reaction podcast be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel if you're watching us live and if you're hearing this in podcast form be sure to you know follow the youtube channel leave us a voicemail moving forward for the until saturday tip line at 316-462-9852 that's uh 316-462-9852 we're going to play some voicemails later on in this game or in this episode and we're going to react a little bit more uh to what we were just talking about we're also going to get into the actual field and who's going to potentially win these games. But first, let me just go back a little bit to the Florida State scenario here. And I just wanted to, um, you know, mention the statement from ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips um, after Florida State was left out. Uh, It's unfathomable that Florida State and an undefeated Power 5 champion was left out. It's here on your screen. Their exclusion calls into question the selection process and whether the committee's own guidelines were followed. My heart breaks for the talented FSU student-athletes and coaches and their passionate and loyal fans. Florida State deserve better and college football deserve better. Uh, and I think that's true. You know, I, I don't usually – I'm not really moved by biased statements from teams that feel wronged, but when they're actually wronged, I think they're moving. So um, as we move forward into this podcast, I think it's pretty interesting that regardless of whether you're – like, you know, Chris and I don't view college football the same. Like we have debates all the time about about things that pertain to the sport. I like the big dogs. I love watching Alabama. I was most entertained by watching the Alabama Georgia game. Like I am a big Look, recruiting lackey, but we all unanim- unanimously agree that this is bullshit. And like I don't, I'm not seeing a lot of people. You know, fans might be like, "Yeah, well, they got it right in their hearts," but nobody can definitively say that. And I think that that is the main well, issue with this. Alabama versus Michigan is going to be a better game than Michigan, Florida State would have been. But presumably. That's, presumably. Presumably. <laughs> but this is the first time they've, they say it's four best. I always say it's supposed to have been four best. They've never actually done that. 
before. That that's, well, they've never been put in a situation where they had right. to, Chris, because right. usually in the past, the four best and the four most deserving seamlessly ease into one group. Like there isn't this debate is always something that we talk about in November. But when it finally gets to the bottom line and we have to make a decision, it's usually the four best teams are also the four most deserving. I mean, in every other year, the SEC champion that beats Georgia and Atlanta is a one of the most deserving teams. And every year, a one-loss conference champion that beat Alabama on the road is one of the four most deserving teams. Yeah, It just worked out that there was an extra undefeated team there, and that took a backseat to the results. And it actually legitimately, you know, I know there's people who, you know, have these SEC bias, conspiracy theories. I, I don't know that it was that, but... It turned into a beauty contest, and I watched The Bachelor. That's enough for me. Like, sports are supposed to be um, about winner and loser. On the gridiron, four quarters, who wins, who loses, whoever won or lost, regardless of the circumstances, they're rewarded or penalized for that. And we watched Alabama not be penalized for a loss that they had. Well, Ari, I I think you're – I think you're you're, you're mistaken in a little bit here when you talk about – you know, looking at the the possibilities, Boo Corrigan said it himself today. The questions we do ask from a court from a coaching standpoint is who do you want to play and who do you not want to play? And if we're going to open up that Pandora's box, then just put Georgia at number one, because if you asked every. Yeah, coach, right. That's right. Who do you not want to play? Yes. Dave, like if you're looking to like refine an angle like that to me is. You want to you ask the coaches who they want to play? Then just put the four top teams in the composite rankings that are functional in the top exactly. four, and let's just, like, simulate it. Let Ari um, pick the top four. That's I'll pick the f- top four. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. You know what my top four would be? What? I think my top four would be Georgia, <laughs> not, not, Alabama. It doesn't have to be in order, but Georgia, okay, Alabama, I think it would be Georgia, Texas, Alabama, Texas, and Michigan. Ohio Michigan? Ohio State? No, Michigan? I, Michigan beat Ohio State. I can't. Right. I think well, Ohio State saying, would fare better. We're, we're, we're basing this solely on recruiting. Guys, I have been enough. beaten down by Homer. <laughs> I, I can't do it anymore. Just Michigan is the greatest thing that's ever happened, and I love them. I, I can't. By, by, by the way, like we had some people in the, in the comments when this started of Ari needs to apologize, admit he was wrong. This is the whole, this is why we need expansion, yada, yada, all that stuff. And, and you have said that, and you have said that. Many times on this pod, I listened to the Saturday Night Pod, and you basically said the same thing. It's also I worth knowing that about it three weeks ago, like I just said, if this happens, yeah. I'm out. Like you know, but it's also in fairness to you in that old take. Like we've never had this situation before. It it is it a very weird year. It was never. Yeah, you're right. It was never expected to happen like that. However, when you have five Power Five conferences and four spots. You know, there was always going to be somebody left out. Uh, you leave yourself open to, to doing something like that. And I, I'm not someone who says, I'm not someone who says this situation is why we need 12. That's not why I think we need 12. I think we need 12 for everybody else and for a group of five and for, for, for having different types of games, the stuff that Ari disagrees with. So we, we, we're both ready to go to 12, I think, just for different reasons. And I don't I, think there's I wanna... anybody out there that's going to sit there and say, yeah, I'm fine with a team that's undefeated being left out. Nobody wants exactly. that. Right. It doesn't matter where, what your stance is on the four-team field. I still prefer the four-team field and what I thought it was. But this is the worst-case scenario, and it legitimately happened, and it sucks. It sucks. It does. It does. Um, and like I said, I, I, I still I keep coming back to you've undermined the whole thing. 
Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of tap myself on the... If you listened to the show last night, I nailed everything. Like, I like I feel <laughs> like I nailed everything. And I think the reason um, Texas and Alabama jumped over Florida State is because they were united. I think it was, was the easy. inverse of what happened in 2014. If you're going to pick one, you have to take the other. And they both jumped Florida State as a result. Here's uh, committee chair Boo Corrigan discussing why he chose or why the committee chose um, the the rankings that they did. Michigan, Washington, Texas off the board. So in some instance, it came down to Alabama and Florida State. Why did you choose Alabama? Well, I, I think in looking at it, and again, that, that, that was the decision, was Alabama at four. Florida State is a different team than they were through the first 11 weeks. Uh, Coach Norvell, their players, their fans, you know, uh, an incredible season. But as you look at who they are as a team right now, uh, without Jordan Travis, without the offensive dynamic that he brings to it, they are a different team. And, and the committee voted uh, Alabama four and Florida State five. Can I can I briefly offer a, a piece of media criticism? Mm-hmm. Can I do that? I think ESPN does zoo, everyone. I'm going to have some later, <laughs> so yeah, go ahead. It's true. I think ESPN does a great job with the college football playoff. You know, whatever. I know people get yeah. mad about, oh, you took too long to reveal the bracket. <laughs> That's but... You had a clip of the Florida State reaction and Mike Norvell, like the room kind of, you could, you could feel the room sort of get out of control and Mike Norvell's kind of yelling at something on the side and then gets up to start to talk and they cut the camera. I don't care what the desk is saying. What is Mike Norvell telling his team in this moment? That is such a pure human moment and you get it. Listen, there's a lot of PR and grandstanding and nonsense in college football and people lying out there, you know, you know what's. And we got some real stuff today. Michigan, the reaction shot when they had to play Bama of the whole room, just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. And, and Mike Norvell having to find, like, I, I, I think Mike Norvell thought they were getting in. And having to find, like, you could see just the processing on his face. He didn't really have a reaction, but you've got to say something. And we missed getting to see how you handle that. And I listen. I, again, I, I always come back to like college sports, college football for me. It's my favorite television show. There's stuff that happens between the white lines that I love, but there are storylines and there are human moments that happen outside the white lines. And we missed one. I wanted to see what he said. I I, I was thinking the same thing. I, I don't like my first thought is, hey, ESPN's an ACC partner. They don't want to make Florida State look too bad. I, I don't know. Just that's my thought going I don't in think there, it makes it, it look bad I think it just dur- gives dur- people people want to see what it what how dur- do you handle it, this it's incredible television and yeah. like Norvell knows the cameras are there I, yeah. as far as we know he didn't say turn the camera off There's, you know like three I, feet away from him <laughs> right like I, I I'm very surprised they went away from from showing that uh it, it was a pure moment that 
it's an opportunity you're never really going to have. They normally don't have that setup. We don't have this situation where we a, t- a team thinks it's going to get in and doesn't get in, and you see that moment. Like, very surprised they went away from it. Also, the Michigan point, like we said, I don't. we didn't get that on ESPN either. That was it's someone taking a room. video in the room. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I, it, I do think Michigan's reaction to Alabama <laughs> is maybe the greatest uh, proof that the committee got it right in picking Alabama instead of Florida State. Because I think Michigan's <laughs> reaction to that kind of told the story in terms of I think of it's a good segue it. here to go into the previews here for the games. Uh, now the updated national championship odds are Michigan plus 160, Alabama plus 190, Texas plus 310, and Washington plus 700. Those lines are presented by BetMGM uh, in the games. Uh, individually, Michigan is laying two and a half points against Alabama, and I'm refreshing my my thing to make sure because that line's going to move. Uh, they, I think, I would be shocked if Michigan were favored uh, the day of the game, um, and yeah. then Texas minus four and a half um, against Washington. So these are the two games. Why don't we just go out west to the Rose Bowl here? Um, rejoice, we do have a Group A team in. So Group A survived, Ari. We got got a Group A team. Was the unofficial Group A funeral, and they're back. They're back. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, Group A should have been dead, but um, (laughs) Group A is in. Michigan has had a very interesting season uh, on the field and off of it, to say the least. Um, Does anybody think that Michigan? I mean, that's a hell of a path. If Michigan wins the national championship this year by beating Alabama and then beating Washington or Texas, you know, if it's Texas, the favorite, the the talent composite rankings in both of those games, they'd be, um, they wouldn't have the the same talent level as Alabama and Texas from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. It'd be very that would be a pretty nice little run for them. Do well, we, we think have some that- bre- we have some we have some breaking news. We have a we have a uh, a fresh statement from Mike Norvell. Do we want to read this? Do we want to do it? Yeah, why don't we why don't we go I'll, read it and then we'll I'll, get back I'll to volunteer. it. Yeah. I'll volunteer. Just re- read the beginning of it. The beginning of it kind of says it all. I am disgusted and infuriated with the committee's decision today to have what was earned on the field taken away because a small group of people decided they knew better than the results of the games. What is the point of playing games? Do you tell players it's okay to quit? If someone goes down, do you not play a senior on senior day for fear of injury? Where is the motivation to schedule challenging non-conference games? We are not only an undefeated P5 conference champion. We also played two P5 non-conference games away from home and won both of them. I don't know how we're supposed to think this is an acceptable way to evaluate the team. Please point out to me where he's wrong. Exactly. That That's the entire case right there. This is not... This is not a group of five team with a schedule yes. ranking in, in that's in the hundreds. Uh, this isn't that has one good win or doesn't have a good one. They played two SEC teams away from home. I know one was Orlando, but that was away from home. They won both of those games. They went undefeated in their conference. That is the whole and case right them, there. Won them convincingly. It should be. They yes. demolished the probable Heisman winner in Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. And with their backup quarterback, who got injured also at one point in the game, uh, beat a Florida team. Uh, by double digits, so it is what it. Is. I mean, I, I. Where's he? Where's he? Where's he? Where's the? Tell me where he's wrong. This is why it has been ridiculous that the sport for more than a century has decided its postseason the way it is, and while finally moving to a twelve-team playoff, will just simply decide things on the field. Some people are like, "Oh, the debate, the discussion—that's the great part about college football." No, it's not. The yeah, games are the fun like, thing yeah. about college football. I hate that argument. We, I've heard commissioners say that over and over. Oh, people having debates about the sport. That's what we love about No, we don't, man. Mm-hmm. We, we want to see the big games, and that's what a 12-team playoff is going to give us. We're not going to have teams 
teams like Florida State. Well, we do this like year. the debate. You, I love you, the debate. You, I don't do you particularly like the debate more than the games. <laughs> I love the debate as long as the debate settles itself. Exactly. Like it, it's, it's, yeah, it's as long as I it love settles the debate itself. going into it. Wasn't, it. Yeah, I don't exactly. It wasn't settled here. Florida State is going to have to beat Georgia and try to claim a split national championship. That's that's nonsense. That that is that is what that is the number one reason I'm looking forward to the 12 team playoff. Yeah. So okay, let's go back to the Rose Bowl here. Do you like my hat, by the way? Uh, it's incredible. Right. Don't get me started on for the Rose those Bowl, for right? those listening and not watching on YouTube. It's a Rose Bowl hat. It says Rose Bowl game with the logo and then Tournament of Roses in that Rose Bowl font. Uh, it's immaculate. Um, here, here, here the, by, by the uh, way, if we had uh, to the Rose Bowl point, if if Georgia had just won that game yesterday and made things so much easier today, we would have gotten a Michigan Washington Rose Bowl semifinal, and that would have been picturesque. That would have been peak Rose Bowl right there. Yeah, especially you know with the. Uh, don't the get, the oh, Oven doesn't like it. Oven doesn't don't like it. Oven does not Oven. like the, the Rose Pac-12 Bowl. The Pac-12 like literally died 24 hours ago, and you're going to give me the <laughs> how you roll your eyes we, at the notion of like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 having a semifinal just, in the Rose Bowl and how awesome I that ask would be. Is the Rose Bowl just chill out? I've been saying we, that we, all year. We, just we've chill got a guy out, grew up, a guy grew up in Michigan, a guy grew up in Arizona, and then the guy who grew up in Arkansas doesn't like doesn't understand it. Yeah, it's okay. Understand it, man. Add it to the list. Add it to the list. But hey, does anybody on the pod think that Michigan is going to beat Alabama? No, I can't believe they're favored. (laughs) I mean, do they have a chance? Absolutely. In my yeah, they're favored. Of course, they have a chance. Probably not. Here, here's my take. Here's my Michigan take. Actually, I'm going to write a column about this at some point. Not now. How much pressure is Michigan under right now? Because if they lose in the semifinals for the third straight year, forget the sign-stealing scandal. Does that not make you think everything they've done over the last three years will have been basically fraudulent? That they just won a Big Ten. It didn't do anything else. They got their ass kicked by Georgia. They've lost to TCU. And if you lose to a four-seed Alabama here, like what? Like Michigan has to win at least a playoff game this year, right? To like feel... Go, or, or do you start looking back at these Ohio last State years? Kind of, kind of put the kibosh on that whole thing. Yeah, I think. Oh. No, I think Bama's really good. Like, I, I wouldn't begrudge them at all. And last year, they were the better team in the TCU game and committed an unconscionable parade of errors to lose that game. Like, I, I still don't even know how they lost that game. And Georgia was the national champion like the year before. Clearly, the best team all season long. There's no shame in it. They they played one game with a bunch of insane errors, and they're going to play a Bama team that will probably beat them. I, I I mean, just judging by the reaction in the room, I'm curious what Michigan thinks about being favored in that game. Like too. The, 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 like, so like the takes the takes about Michigan and Big Ten football, I think, are going to be fire if Michigan loses this game. If they oh, like lose the in the semifinals, their defenses are fraudulent because there's no yeah, functional that, offense. Yeah, that they, in the that whole they only play a, that they only play a couple of Chris, good teams think, every year. I don't think them losing to a team that's stacked like Bama is, is going to hit the way you think. If it you does. make the playoff no, three years in a row, if you make the playoff three years in a row and don't win any of those games, I think that's a failure. But they didn't get I embarrassed in any of the games. Mich- they didn't get completely like no, uh, but TCU's played for a, TCU's played for a national. Chris, you got to go back and you got to remember where Michigan was after COVID. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like <laughs> they beat Ohio State three times and made won the Big Ten three times in a row, and 
made also, the college Chris, football. It's I hard to win told, college football playing. I've been games. told, uh, I won't name any names, but I've been they, told that once you beat Ohio State, nothing else matters. Look, you know, the, want, the national look, title, the playoff games, they don't matter. You just got to beat Ohio State. Pr- producer right. Cam, producer Cam jumping in to, to side with me. They lost to a TCU team that lost by like 60 points to Georgia. Like, how is that not a comedy of errors? Whatever. The sport comes down to one game. And if they can't, if they can only win the Ohio State game, because their Big Ten championship games have been jokes. They've played nobody. Their season has come down to Ohio State and a playoff game. And if they go one and one in those games three years in a row, I, I, not, I'm not saying I'm not hard it or I wish I wish Nicole was on the show right now. Did you guys just see what she just posted? Yeah, Nicole Auerbach said, said she was in the room at Michigan when they showed the show. Players gasped after seeing Texas at three and then did tomahawk chops because they were convinced they'd get FSU. I mean, if you think you're going to be getting an <laughs> FSU team that's hobbled, um, and then all of a sudden Alabama's logo shows up. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's fair to assume that their reaction is we're afraid. The reaction probably was just shock because they the probably Krusty just weren't anticipating it's the, it. Like, it's a spinning crab meme of <laughs> life comes I mean, at you fast. <laughs> it, it, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Here's, the tomahawk cho- I mean, yeah. Here's a question. Should Michigan be number one or should Washington yes. have been number one? Yes. No, Michigan should be. You think I, of Washington? I get, yes, because I listen. I, I was talking to people about this yesterday. Actually, I get the argument. I think Washington has better wins, but dominance has to matter. It has to matter. And Michigan has beat the living crap out of pretty much everybody all season long. They've had a couple. They kind of messed around with Maryland, but they were never going to lose that game. And then they beat Ohio State, uh, beat Penn State in a game that they controlled the entire game. Washington has done a lot of messing around. Washington needed a miracle pick six to survive Arizona State at home. They were going to lose that game. Uh, their offense has gotten weirdly stuck in the mud in some some games. Uh, so they haven't really been impressive in a handful of other games as well. So, no, I, I'm totally fine with Michigan being number one. I, I think Washington probably has better wins. But like I said, but it's honestly hilarious, 30, though, it has to matter. that the number one team for the second consecutive year got the hardest matchup in the first round. Like it's the yep. second time True. in as many years that the number one well, seed had to. I, no, the other one's Texas. The Texas beat Alabama. I don't. I, no, I'm saying Texas, like in this play. If we're gonna go down the, if you gave if, if, Michigan ass juice in the uh, <laughs> in the neck, they're rather playing Texas than playing Alabama. It's true. It's true. It's, just, it's not a. It's, I yeah. You don't, Chris. This is the Texas this is the Oregon a, Washington develop or the, the argument. Texas all is over good though. Texas is really good. I was at no, that. I, I actually I think that, that Big Twelve championship game. I think Texas. If Florida State would have uh, gotten in, I would have for sure thought Texas was the favorite to win the whole thing because yeah, they are not just too. really good. They are a fringe Group A team. Like they yeah. didn't make Group A, but they are built like Group A. And, and if they end Florida up winning State it, could be a reward for number one as well. Yeah, and it, yeah. So it, I, I don't know. Washington. Let's go to the next game. Okay, Alabama and and Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Let's go to the next game. I covered Washington in person on Friday night in Vegas in the Pac-12 championship game. They're playing Texas. Texas is laying four and a half. And I um, was very, very impressed with what I saw in person. Obviously, it's impossible not to be impressed by, mm-hmm. you know, what that team has to offer and stuff. It's like kind of like one of these deals here where I'm having an internal conflict of like watching Michael Penix spin it. And I don't know if you've ever seen Michael Penix throw the ball in person. 
But when you're sitting up as high as you are in Allegiant Stadium and the ball pierces through the air, it like slows down in this perfectly beautiful spiral and then goes boom and zooms right into his receiver. I mean, he has. <laughs> it's incredible. I don't know. I know he's going to get docked in the NFL draft process because of his weird throwing motion. But well, and his passes are so they are they are like it's like porn. I don't even know. It's like they're he, perfect. He, he is one it of the, is best the prettiest ball, ball in the country. It's it's maybe the best deep ball I've ever seen. Deep ball we've ever seen. It, it legitimately might be. I um, saw Washington, Oregon, and Seattle up high. Same thing. It's it's immaculate to watch in person. And the way that he throws across his body, I mean, he th- he delivers the ball with precision. And this is the best wide receiver matchup of the playoff. I mean, you've got two teams mm-hmm. uh, in the Rose Bowl who don't have great receivers. I mean, I think Isaiah Bond and um, Jermaine Burton and those guys are really coming along well. But when you start talking about Xavier Worthy, who um, the uh, – Hope is that he should be fine. X-rays were negative. He was in a walking boot and crutches on Saturday at the Big 12 championship game. Uh, JT Saunders and A.D. Mitchell versus uh, Jalen McMillan and Romo Dunze and Penix. Like, that's going to be, I think that game. Let's not leave out our guy Jalen Polk. (laughs) Yeah, and Polk. I mean, like, listen, I think it's possible that the Sugar Bowl is the more fun game to watch. Oh, it absolutely will be more fun. I think, What's I think the this over is under the more in fun. this game. Do we have uh, that? I don't. I don't know if we have that yet. Uh, I keep <clears> refreshing <throat> the gambling page, and the the spreads aren't coming up for me. But it is. Um, it's going to be a, a a very very good game, and I think producer Cam here, Texas is four and a half point favorites. If you have a team total. Uh, or the over-under total. That's what we're looking yeah, for. Yeah, I, I, I would like the over in that ball game, unless it's like over 70. You can't like the over before you know what the number is. I like the over if it's like 60, 65. But if you get to that 70 territory in games like this, it affects the play calling. And, and you don't, like these big-time games, there's a, there's a lot of times a lot more defense than people think. But if you're like, if it's like 60 to the 65 range, I would, I would take it up to like 67, 68 probably. Yeah. So. Ari, I'm curious. I I saw Washington in person. You've now seen Washington in person. As we imagine this matchup, you we think Texas is going to be a lot more physical, and they're going to perhaps be able to push mm-hmm. Washington around. But in these yeah. big games, well, yeah. what I'm saying in in the big games, Washington always steps up, and they are a mm-hmm. lot more physical against Oregon, Utah. Oregon State, then they well, are. The reason why Arizona I thought that Oregon was going to win on Friday night is because I thought that their lines would win the game. Right. Yeah. And they didn't. And they, and didn't. they didn't. So they, they didn't. And I got to say, guys, I'm talk, talking myself into this, but DeBoer versus Sark, that offensive play calling is going to be, be awesome. The, the, it's going to be, <laughs> I mean, it, I guess in the world of like, okay, Florida State got screwed, but now like turning the page to what we're getting, like these are the, these could be the two best semifinals that we get on yeah. one playoff weekend or one playoff day. So um, I'm super excited about that. I hope I get to go to one of them. Well, shoot. I mean, last year we got two incredible uh, playoff games, semifinals as well. And then we got mm-hmm. a crappy national championship yeah. game out of it. So it's, it's I, Texas's favorite. Ari loved I that national why. championship game. Ari, Ari was, Ari was maniacally laughing and counting, counting his money the whole time during the national championship game and is, sending is out this, angry tweets and, and ripping colleagues. I didn't cover That's the what, game. I didn't cover the game. I was at home and it was the largest wager I've ever placed on a sporting <laughs> event. Uh, Cam says the over under for the Sugar Bowl, Washington, Texas, 64 and a half. 
Okay, yeah, I would take that. That's that's I'd take that. My my only concern is that if if they're just they're able to run the ball, like it's not going to be boom 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 up. Down. I think you're going to have some sustained I don't think drives. Gonna, I don't think so. I don't think. First of all, Washington doesn't really want to run the ball, and I'm I'm questioning whether yeah. or not. Well, Texas I don't think Texas is probably going to want to get into a game where you have to score on every possession either. I think that yeah. Texas is going to run the ball and they're going <laughs> to run it well. And it just reminds me too. It's like well, Xavier Worthy on crutches and. um Jonathan Brooks out for the year that, you know, Florida state isn't the only team that's got some, some big injuries here. Like mm-hmm. Texas is, is I think considerably and you know, CJ Baxter has been good, but I think Jonathan Brooks was probably the most underrated player in college football before he got injured. I don't think people valued what he brought to that team and his vision, his cutting ability, his explosiveness. Then in Chris, we were at the game together when he got injured. It was just terrible. Yeah, they were they yeah. were missing a step yesterday. Keelan Robinson kind of gave them that little bit of that home run hitter a little bit. Yeah, he looked really they're, good late, but he's their backs. They were missing something yesterday. Yeah, so they I'm, they were, but man, like Sark was in his bag on Saturday. Like every single play, dial up something. You got someone gets the ball in space, nobody within five yards. Yeah, JT Sanders like every catch, he's catching it. He's like the the second best tight end in the country, and he catches it eight yards downfield. And it's five, ten more yards for anybody to lift, put a hand on. It's crazy. My yeah. my question is, if it becomes the shootout, can Quinn Ewers keep up with Michael Penix Jr.? Because he's mm-hmm. he he was good yesterday, very good. But eh, once in a while, he he kind of loses it a bit, and he looks very average. And Pe- Penix mm-hmm. has had some turnovers late. So if that becomes a shootout, that will be really uh, interesting as well. Is this going to be the first year we have two good semis and a good? Championship game? Well, let's not put carts before horses, Chris. Let's wait till the games happen. Chris doesn't see Group A and Group B like I do. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if if Alabama Texas rematch, do you think do you think that's going to be a Alabama wins handily? Listen, we'll, we got we'll three talk, games. We can talk about it we when have, we get there. But. We have three playoff games. I think we'll get at least one that is a classic. Maybe two. Three is not out of the question, but. There, there, there is a world in which Texas rolls, and there is a world in which Bama rolls. I'm not sure that I buy the reverse. All right, guys, you want to have some fun and get into some voicemails? I know we've got a few of them. Hey, this is Derek in Indiana. Do we just have a sport with a power two and not a power five anymore? It's the NFC and AFC. I mean, watching this college football playoff selection show, you would think that Florida State played in the MAC or in Conference USA. That going 13 and 0 like Liberty might as well keep them out of the the playoff. Whereas you've got Washington going to the Big Ten and Texas going to the SEC, and it's just two sports that get the benefit of or two conferences that get the benefit of the doubt at every turn. So I just wonder if this is going to accelerate the decline of conferences. Florida State looking to get out with other schools. I don't know that this is a conference issue. I think this is an injury issue. Right? Well, I don't know, Ari. I mean, what if Florida State would have had a huge win against a big time opponent before Jordan got injured, and then Jordan no, got that's injured? not the be question. That's not the question asked. The question is, what if Jalen Milrow broke his leg? Would they do this to Bama? Oh. I don't think so. I do not think so. If Jalen Milrow could, broke his leg against Georgia Auburn. yesterday. Or against, yeah, against Auburn. Auburn. Well, they wouldn't have won the game yesterday well, I guess if they that happened. If they, yeah, they would have beaten Georgia, Georgia and he broke his leg yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. I think they might. I don't agree okay. with that. 
I, I, if they I do were think undefeated, the biggest, if they were undefeated, what we know about Alabama this year, bud, their whole thing was quarterback dysfunction. You're going to turn to Tyler Buckner, the guy couldn't throw for a first down. The, you know, the, this, the is Tyson, I, thought, I, this is not Tyson Simpson and Ray Sharari. I <laughs> no, do t- think the oh, way I'm sorry, Florida, Ty Simpson. <laughs> I do think the way Florida State looked yesterday played a massive role in this. Even if you're telling me Tate Rodemaker is going to come back for the playoff or whatever they do now. I was, I mean, we were texting during the game, like Florida State looked like garbage for a yeah. while with Brock mm-hmm. Glenn. Like it, I can see why the committee looked at that and said, we don't want that. Now, so we just don't care if the defense gave up six Brock points. Glenn wasn't going to, wasn't going to play in the game. That's but if the Jaylen thing Miller, that... If Jalen Miller breaks his leg against Georgia, you've still got the, a little bit of mystery. You can wiggle your way out of there. The I think thing that, that the way Florida State played, it was harder to do that. That really bothers me is that. Florida State's defense played awesome. Mm-hmm. And I know that Louisville isn't some, they're not the greatest show on turf, but they made Louisville look every bit as incompetent on offense as they were as a result of yes. their injury. Like their defense is loaded and very good. And I think you can make the case that it is every bit as good as the defenses that are in the playoff right now. And they don't yeah, have the I offense to match, but like which team in the play, I mean, Michigan's defense has been impeccable this year. Alabama's defense has saved them through their quarterback uh, development. And obviously, you know, I think that Washington would probably be a distant third in this. Texas's defense is really good. But, like, I think you could at least make the case that Florida State's defense is a top three unit in the sport this year or in the field that we're, we're discussing. And, and it's it been like underrated because of Jordan Travis and the receivers this year. The complete and utter disregard of the excellence on that side of the football is the hardest part. It might have been an ugly game to watch. It felt like we were watching an Iowa game. I was highly entertained the entire game and also simultaneously floored by how well Florida State did. And I think that, and I don't know the tight end's name from Louisville that I think caught a touchdown there that they didn't review somehow. I thought that was a score. But on the next play to step up and and grab an interception and get out of the, I mean, Louisville didn't have a chance. Like, I felt like they didn't have a chance to move the ball. And like, that should also be taken into account when you're deciding who teams are are good or which teams are best. I think we you're referring really get, to former we, we, Kentucky and Auburn quarterback Joey Gatewood also, Ari. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we got we kind of got away from the question. Do do we think this is yeah. power two? I mean, it's going to feel like that next year when the SEC and the Big Ten take up what we're going to have, what, seven at-large I, spots? SEC yeah. and Big Ten are probably going to take like five or six of them. I mean, I think the caller is right, but I think in this specific instance, I don't I don't know how much of it is conference as much as as much as program and the way that this team looked without Jordan Travis. Yeah. The conference uh, didn't help. Well, I don't so know. I, don't, I, I honestly don't think that I spent any time today considering the ACC. I didn't. And I know that I, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that the reason why they were left out was because they played in the ACC. In fact, Florida state also played two SEC teams and beat both of them. Right. You know, like it's not like their schedule was the reason I think that their schedule was fine. Um, their schedule was, you know, I mean, it would help if North Carolina or Florida or Miami or one of these other teams in the ACC, Clemson, really, really turned out to be good. But like Clemson was never hindered by the ACC; they were just awesome. Yeah, we know we know Florida State wants to get out of the ACC and is trying to figure out if it's worth spending half a billion dollars to try to do that. Does this speed that up? Maybe. Like I, I'm trying to think like. Should Jim Phillips have been pounding the table after the game last year to be like Florida State's in, Florida State should be in? Should he have been gone on a a, a 
charm campaign that Greg Sankey was doing, which was incredibly eye rolling throughout the day on Saturday. Should should ACC media have been more pro Florida State and pushing them? I mean, like the way that SEC media was. Uh, I I don't know. Like, do you think any do you think any more campaigning for Florida State would have helped, or did we all were we all just too shocked and thought they were in? I think that's right. just for constituents. I don't think it has any impact on the committee at all. I think people do I don't that, either. And that to gain favor. That's why it's annoying. I actually think it's annoying when people do it coming off of a loss. Yes. Um, that's when, and also that, borderline Nick insulting that you have to ask a unbeaten team the question. That's the problem. Like Mike exactly, Norvell yeah. never should have to that's answer a, that. That, that. That's a great point. And that's exactly because we've had Nick Saban. What was it last year? A couple years ago. Remember Nick, Nick Saban, Saban last on, year was on his was on gambling show. lines. He, he was on the big. He was at halftime of the Big Ten championship game on Fox pushing Alabama <laughs> to good and just like. I, I look at that stuff and I'm just like, man, have some self-respect. Like you're you're not in this conversation. I, I felt the same thing when Kirby Smart was saying what he was saying yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. like, dude, you lost, man. Like you, you're out of it. I don't want to hear why why you need to be in because right after you lost, Florida State, you're right. Probably didn't need to do that because they were undefeated. Like it it sells itself. And and I want I was gonna bring this point up here. This is a good time to bring it up. There's this weird thing going around right now within SEC media, which is well, we could have a 12-team playoff this year, but the alliance is the reason we didn't have it happen because the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 decided they wanted to stall playoff expansion. So, Jim Phillips, it's your fault Florida State's not in. And I am pulling my hair out seeing this with all this disingenuousness of people not remembering why the alliance formed in the first place. The alliance was stupid. We know that. We said that from the beginning. We made fun Great of logo, it. Though. But it. But it <laughs> happened... Because Greg Sankey was adding Texas and Oklahoma while he was helping draw up the 12 team model. He was part of that four person committee that came up with it. So, yeah, everybody got surprised that Greg Sankey was doing this and they wanted to slow things down a little bit. So Florida, the SEC adding Oklahoma in in Texas was the catalyst for like all the tectonic shifting we've had over the last couple of years and for the SEC to continue to act like an innocent bystander in all of this just annoys me to no end. And for Greg Sankey to do the Sesame street stuff and, and, and do all talk about ticket prices and all these other things. It was like, it's, I just thought it was embarrassing, but look, it worked. Alabama's in. So maybe it was worth doing. I just wanted to vent on that because I found it incredibly. Well, there's just something that I'm seeing here a lot too in the chat that I wanted to make sure that people understand a lot of people are like Florida state is not a top four team. I don't think that any of us disagree with that. We're talking about process here process and the process is fractured and what you as a result of this. Right. In games mattering. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the next voicemail. Hi, this is Ben from Atlanta calling uh, for a question for Ari. Do you think that Mike Norvell's recruiting to the portal actually hurt him in this instance because let's assume that Florida State has a five-star quarterback waiting in the wings like say Arch Manning. Do you think the committee would have given FSU the benefit of the doubt that they had a five-star that could possibly step in as opposed to a three-star Glenn out of Memphis? Thanks. Great question. I think Uh, it's an interesting question but okay. Glenn's a four-star by the way. He was a four-star. He was a composite three-star. And the reason I was going to say is he was a composite. It doesn't matter. We're talking about a player in Brock Glenn who was committed to Ohio State. 
Like, it's not just some random loser that didn't have any offers. Like, he was an Elite 11 finalist um, who had some offers. And, you know, I know recruiting is often more complex than where you commit and decommit from. But I don't know, like, if there was, if the question is about recruiting ranking or is about brand recognition of the player. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I think the answer to the question is if they have, if they had a better player at quarterback or a more ready player, I should say, because we don't know how good Brock Glenn's going to be eventually, would the notion be different? I think it would certainly be different. I think that if Florida State brought off um, a five-star true freshman off the bench and they scored 39 points on Saturday night, they probably would have been in, but they didn't. But I don't know like if that means that the portal is a – is the wrong way to go about it. But what I think that you're going to find and people are going to find as we proceed into the college football playoff is that there are teams that have done really well in the portal. I mean, Washington's quarterback is from the portal. I mean, Texas's quarterback is technically from the portal. There's been a lot of portal building, but the teams that are equipped to win a national championship year after year are typically the teams that can sustain injuries better than the ones that have top-level talent starting, but don't necessarily have the depth um, to sustain these types of things, which is why, you know, the Stars Matter mantra isn't just who has the best players on the field. It's also who's got the best players on the bench. Um, And Florida State just didn't, you know, they were down to their third-string quarterback, so it's kind of hard to be like, well, Mike Norvell didn't recruit well enough. It's not supposed to get to the third-string quarterback. But it is possible that if this were a uh, Ohio State or a Clemson or – somebody else who routinely signs five-star prospects to, you know, bring in an Arch Manning off the bench and that guy being good enough to play that this would have been different. Now, the thing that I think is interesting, and this is probably a discussion for a topic uh, later this month is when you look at Michigan, they are, you know, at least thought to be the best team in college football right now. Um, And you look at Florida state and they're also one of the teams that were before Travis's injury, one of the best teams, how well are these teams positioned to sustain their success? They've done a very good job of portaling. Michigan especially has done a great job of bringing in guys that can spot start as portal players. And they've done a tremendous job of, of taking their middle-tier recruiting results and developing their guys. But these teams are not built in a way where they can sustain the success long-term for 5, 7, 10 years because they don't have the rosters and the and the players behind them to sustain the losses that they're going to have in the in the NFL draft and the attrition that every team has. So um, it's a pretty important window, I think, for Michigan specifically in terms of what are they going to be next year. And I'm not even talking about what happens off the field. I'm talking about what their roster looks like in you know eight months from now. I don't think so, it's going to be yeah. as deep or as talented as it is, and it's because you know the teams that don't recruit at that level are less likely to be in this position year after year the way Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson used to be. I guess to take it back to the original question about quarterback recruiting, Jordan Travis transferred in before Mike Norvell got there too, so it's not Mm -hmm. like Norvell brought him in through the portal. But also, like, we keep talking about Jordan Travis getting injured. Tate Rodemaker got hurt too. I I, I guess it it really is two quarterback injuries that did them and not just one. If Rodemaker plays yesterday, if they beat Louisville comfortably, 24 to seven or whatever is Florida state in at that point. Maybe. Cause like we've seen Rodemaker, he's played quite a bit. He's been there a while. He's won games for them. You know, I don't know if you can say that's the question. That that's what Florida state's case was. They were saying Rodemaker is going to be back for the playoff. 
and he's played well for us. And you saw that second half against Florida, mm-hmm. and you've seen him play last year. That was the case that they made. So I I, I don't know. Uh, that's why I wouldn't really put it down on quarterback recruiting necessarily, but it does highlight just how unusual this was. If if uh, if it came down to Cardale Jones late in that Wisconsin championship game, and it's a close game or something like that, does Ohio State get in in 2014? I don't know. We had a 59 to nothing data point, and we just never mm-hmm. got that with Florida State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, portal building and recruiting is absolutely going to be one of the more fascinating things to watch, not just in the playoff, but just moving forward, because I do think that it's good enough to get you there. Um, we're still going to be waiting to see whether it's good enough to win it. Um, um, and certainly speaking, if you look at the way that Mike Norvell is building the Florida State program and the way that they've recruited in the 2024 class, there is a transition that wants to be made. I don't think any coach wants to be reliant on the portal the way that Florida State has been year after year. I don't think that's a, a sustainable model. I think they want to use that success to you know, create proof of concept in order to recruit high-level recruiting classes out of high school. I think that'll always be the case. Which is what they're well, doing. So, they, they have the yeah, number three yeah, class yeah. right now. But it's always going to revert back to which teams recruit out of high school the best. Like, I don't think you're going to yeah. see, like, like, what Alabama is doing right now is done because they sign mega classes. That's it. They have, it doesn't matter, the most talented team in college football. They were a fracture team at the beginning of the year. Uh, they lost Bryce Young, and here we are with um, another team with a chance to win a national championship, and most other teams in the country just don't have that have that benefit. So. Um, that's a good question, and I appreciate it, and certainly something that mm-hmm. we maybe will tackle on, on Stars Matter and um, throughout the month as we prepare for these semifinal games. Let's go to the next one. Hey, guys. This is Sam from the great state of Iowa. Um, just calling to try and twist Ari's arm a little bit um, because really throughout this entire process, Ari has moved from Oh, well, the four teams are the four teams and they have to stay at four teams and expansion is dumb because we don't want to dilute our system here. And he's gradually shifted to just kind of this hand wringing about, um, why the expansion, I guess, is inevitable and necessary because you could have a, an undefeated or a one loss power five conference champion that doesn't get in to the playoffs. And last night I was expecting Ari to eat a little bit of crow and say, yeah, I was I was wrong, and we need expansion. And maybe Ari has a distinction that twelve teams is too much, um, and I can entertain that. But we have to stop saying that expansion is unnecessary, that it's going to dilute the sport because it is necessary. And I don't think it's going to dilute the sport. And I just want to hear Ari say that. And whether or not he's going to be defiant and and stare in the face of um, the fact that that he's wrong, um, he's done that plenty of times. LOL. I'm just kidding, Ari. I, I love you guys' show. <laughs> Um, and uh, hope hope you guys um, deal with the fallout from Sunday, and uh, good luck. Well, watching Ari have to take that whole watching Ari have to take that whole thing in for a minute was very enjoyable. I wanted to make sure I listened carefully. Um, yeah, Ari, and I think that I, floor. but I think I already did that on the show. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say this: college football playoff is expansion is necessary. I was wrong. Um, it is necessary because for the first time in college football, the results of the games really didn't matter. And when I made my takes and my thought process of the four-team field, it was to defend the sanctity of the playoff games that happened in the regular season. And that didn't happen this year. And if it's not going to happen, then there's nothing to protect. 
And thus, I was certainly wrong. I think it took an unforeseen circumstance in order to get me to this point. I didn't change my mind because I can't wait for the playoff field. I still think that a lot of the main basis points of the the thought process that I used to have are still going to be true in terms of the meanings of upsets in the regular season and you know some of the games that turn out to be quasi-playoff games that aren't going to exist anymore. But this stinks, and the fact that this happened in the final year of the four-team field makes it impossible for me to write that I miss it when it's gone. Like, this sucks. And if that makes... Was that mature and... Welcome. Welcome, Ari. Well... It's great to have you. But I already... I think I said that already. I don't know. No, we did. And and this is... It's what I made the point where, like, we both want the playoff to expand now. We just want it for different reasons. And I, I honestly don't think this specific season in this unusual circumstance that hasn't happened in forever basically ever is not the reason we need to go to 12 so i i i'm I'm glad it got you i'm glad it kind of got everybody there but i i want to give you some credit and and to say that like you you don't need to completely change your worldview about it because of this one year because it was an it was an admittedly unusual but my defense in fairness to the caller has always been it's never happened before and it's not going to happen and then it happened So, Mm -hmm. like, I've always been like, they always find. My whole thing was they couldn't find four last year. How are they going to find 12? They can't find four in a lot of years. Then they can't find four most years. If you go back and look, I was looking through the college football playoff history this week. I think there have been four four times where there were no unbeaten power five teams going into the playoff. And now we have three or two, excuse me, and one left out. So it's, you know, I hope that my answer was... um, satisfactory for the caller. And I hope that that's what you were looking for. And I certainly appreciate not only your continued support of the show, but also your willingness to call in and and create that conversation. So I I want people that if I enrage or you disagree with me or you think I'm wrong about something, I want to encourage you to call in and and have those types of voicemails because I think it's important to keep us honest. I think it's important too for people who are in the positions that we're in to be mature enough and hopefully smart enough to change your mind when new information arises. You know, I hate people that just make a decision and then can't evolve as the sport does. Um, and I, I take pride in being able to say I'm wrong when I'm wrong. So I'm wrong. 316-462-9852 if anybody wants to do that as well. The fun the fun of the sport is when a, a, a lot of the fun of the sport is when the unexpected thing happens. When a 10-point 10, 10 underdog Washington beats Oregon. Uh, when TCU beats Michigan. Um, and this was one of those years, an unexpected thing happened and it ultimately kind of well, sucked, but, that, but it made, but but it made for a very, very thing, fun Chris, regular season. Is the unexpected thing happened because we never got the unexpected thing. There was, I, I would, I would venture to say no, no upsets that are truly jaw dropping this whole season mm-hmm. of like elite teams yeah. losing to garbage teams that did not happen one time. And that's how you get three undefeated because usually somebody trips up. Somebody messes up. Somebody loses an insane doesn't game. Con- someone doesn't convert lose. a fourth and 31 uh, to the goal line. But even that, I mean, you know, that's a rivalry game. I think Bama was, what, only a 14 and a half point. Under- and they I just called lost my shot. New Mexico State, man. I think that's, what he was yeah, talking about was o- how it, Ari, that was, Ari, Chris, that was an okey-doke. I called that shot coming into the seat, coming into the week. That was Auburn was always going to push them in that game. Miss Terry knows. Miss Terry knows. Yeah, no, there wasn't the biggest upset of the year, I feel like, was when Louisville beat the crap out of Notre Dame at the time. 
yeah, maybe. What was the biggest like upset of the year? I mean, Auburn well, losing. I'd like to, to know. I'd like to know what the betting lines were. Ari, <laughs> hilariously, we might have to go back to week one if we're talking betting lines. In retrospect, it's not that big of an upset. Are you aware of who I'm referring the to? The Colorado we game, had, yes. We, 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 <laughs> yeah. we, we have not said his name on this pod, uh, but I was actually thinking about that yesterday, and I don't, we didn't have, um, I don't have the data for like the biggest uh, betting line upsets of the year, but I don't think we had that many that were more so, than 20 points. No. The Auburn, the Auburn one was, was 25. Like 14 and a half. It was, Wait, I thought it was New in me- the 20s. New Mexico State or yeah. what are we talking about? The New Mexico New State Mex- game was over twenty. New Mexico State was like twenty two, but that doesn't alter anything though, Ari. That's like that's an average team losing to a really yeah. Good no, it's tr- I'm just saying from a betting line standpoint, that's the one that jumps out. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, uh, Dave, Chris, did I forget? Did we forget anything? Is that? I mean, that's a pretty heavy show. Um, yeah, I think we're good. We, I feel bad we, for Florida well, State fans, but. You know the committee is going to do what the committee is going to do. We, we don't. Do we what don't want to do. We don't quite have the New Year's six spots. That's actually coming out in a few minutes. Group of five. Oh, yes, I'm very, yes. The group of five. I'm very curious. Liberty or SMU will get the spot. SMU's eleven and two, lost to Oklahoma and uh, TCU. Uh, Liberty is undefeated, but they are dead last nationally in schedule. Uh, could go either way. Probably well, going to the Peach They don't Bowl. care about undefeateds. Exactly. It's, it's it's really a similar situation. We yeah. also have Penn State, Ole Miss, Missouri, Oklahoma battling for probably two New Year's Six spots. Very curious to see where that goes. I think Oklahoma's got a good case with SMU winning the AC. I think Ole Miss has a better case than people are giving them credit for. Everyone's just penciled in Missouri, and I think that's probably going to happen. But they lost to LSU, and Ole Miss beat LSU. So I'm surprised we didn't have more debate on that. I'm curious to see what the committee does. And well, guys, State probably gets to play Georgia in the Orange Bowl. I, I think it's guaranteed. Us. I think it's guaranteed because Orange Bowl uh, takes a top SEC team thing and ACC goes there. So I think that's almost certainly going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, Florida State. That stunk. Uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot to unpack. We will continue to do so um, throughout the week. We're not going to have a pick show on Thursday, but we will be in the feed on Friday with a show. Um, thank you guys so much for following along with the Until Saturday feed. Um, leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast, and be sure to like and subscribe, comment, and interact with the YouTube channel. Um, it has been a pleasure doing this podcast for you guys during this regular season, and I can't wait to get into bowl season, into the college football playoff, and all the things that will happen around signing day and everything else. So lastly, be sure to follow and sign up for the Until Saturday newsletter where you can get your daily fill of college football news delivered right to your inbox. Uh, You don't have to be subscribed to The Athletic in order to join it, but now is a really good time to join The Athletic. Uh, $19.99 for a year, two years for $39.99 for your holiday gift shopping. Just go to theathletic.com slash gift sale, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks a lot, guys, and uh, it was fun. Bring back the turnover chain and games matter.